is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode 226, day one of the 2019 DeLand Sport Aviation Showcase, coming up next in this episode of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Now here are your co-hosts, Victoria Newville, Eric Crump, Larry Overstreet, Russ Rosleski, Tom Frick, Rick Felty, and Carl Valeri. Well, folks, welcome to the Stuck Mike Avcast. I'm here with some of my favorite co-hosts. I have Michael McClellan and Tom Frick here, show center at the DeLand Sport Aviation Showcase 2019. We have some really cool uh, interviews coming up. But, uh, Michael, first of all, I just want to say a quick hello. I know you got to get back to work uh, here at the showcase because you are the man today. I am the voice of the showcase here at DeLand Sport Aviation Showcase. We talk about aircraft here on the flight lines. I do flight line commentating as well as a co-host of the podcast that, we, that you hear here. But what I do is I travel around the country. I do flight line commentating and talk about the aircraft that are flying. I try to answer the questions that the people along the snow fence would have about the aircraft that are currently flying. I don't try to fill the air completely like we do with radio. I just try to get in, give bullet points, answer some questions that they may have, and get out really quickly. Because these guys are selling airplanes, and they do not want to hear my voice in their head all day long. Well, we would, but that's different. They're out there selling planes. They're the most important people right here because they're the ones that pay the bills. But you have the best view in the house. I mean, the stole demonstration was right out here, right in front of you. Yes, it's right, right, right up, up close and personal, right in front. And I do have the best seat in the house, and I have the best job on the field, actually. But what I try to do is I try to facilitate the people here selling the aircraft and selling the parts and, and the public that are here, come here. You know, the guys and ladies and gentlemen, they, they come and they, they spend all of the years saving their money to come out here and watch these aircraft fly. Some of the people, this is the closest they've ever been to an airplane. And, you know, guys like you and I, we, we forget that. But this is their opportunity to, to get their children involved in aviation. And, you know, some I've, I've met through the years have gone on, and, and they're, they're commercial pilots now, and they come back and they talk about, hey, you know, I took my first airplane ride in one of your shows. Well, that's awesome. Really inspiring the future of aviation. Another person that inspires the future, aviators, is flight instructor, also co-host on the Stuck Mike Avcast, and just banging it out of the park today as far as, uh, and during the whole show, as far as the video and videography, doing a great job. And that's Tom Freck. Hey, Tom, how are you enjoying the show? I'm doing fine, Carl, and this is awesome. You know, I mean, I think it was Michael and you guys that got me to even come to this thing. I've wanted to hit one of these sport aviation shows for quite a while, and, and uh, you know, now that I've finally gotten here and got to look at the airplanes and and start understanding a little bit more about this sect of of aviation it's it's so cool i mean there's some really nice stuff here and i mean all these home builds and and you know um 
motors and parts and all the stuff that you can get and, and guys selling their airplanes that you can build and it's just it's cool and you know I'm a big guy I'm six foot three I've got a 36 inch inseam and I'm thinking oh these little tiny planes I'll never fit in one of these things and it's amazing how many of these things that I can actually put my big body into and it's going to work you know so the next step for me is probably to go start flying some of these things I want to get up in the air and see what it feels like to, to uh, you know be in one of these smaller aircraft but I've seen some very cool stuff here this week I think I know a place where you can do that. I do too. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and it's 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 uh it's cool that I I got to come do this, you know, and and also volunteering, you know, with you guys with Showcase Live and and you know doing the things that we do as as podcasters and you know announcers and radio people and blah 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 um, has been just amazing as well. The people here are they they've really got their act together here, and it's an it's an awesome show. You know, another thing that we do here is we do hands-on workshops. There's there's a number of different aircraft manufacturing components that you have. You have metal aircraft, all aluminum aircraft. You have tube and fabric aircraft, and you have composite aircraft. And this is an opportunity for somebody from the public to come out and put their hands on an aircraft as they're building it. Zenith is doing their 701 you know, kit build kit, quick build kit that they have here, the, the one-week wonder that they do. And that's a, a rare opportunity for somebody to come out at no cost other than entrance to come into the to the field here and have an opportunity to put their hands on and be shown how to rivet an aircraft or how to do composite or tube and fabric and that is an incredible opportunity mm-hmm. and also like you said tom a lot of us built i built a sonex no six the first aircraft i had ever the first sonex i'd ever sat in was mine after i built it i had no idea i would fit in the aircraft mm-hmm. but th- then that is a rare opportunity to come out and and sit in an aircraft that you've only read about and possibly are interested in purchasing so, Tom and, and Michael, we have to get to actually the interviews, but uh, one of the things that people don't realize is this Showcase Live is done by us, by the volunteers here. And if you're looking to volunteer at one of these events, we please look it up and talk to Jana Phillips. She's done a wonderful job of organizing the Deland Sport Aviation Showcase. You can look at that online, DelandSportAviationShowcase.com. Also, while we're volunteering, these are what we call live showcase. Why? Because it's live. It's on Facebook, and you can watch that, but also you can also download it later you're what we're doing here for this podcast today is we're going to have all those interviews which involved our folks from stuck my gavcast to download but i really highly recommend you go to the youtube channel because youtube channel has the high resolution version of all those interviews where we're talking about the aircraft and we say oh look at this on the aircraft you'll actually get to see that so check that out it's the land sport aviation showcase on youtube well guys let's go listen to some of those interviews and i just had a blast uh, talking about the the different aircraft and the different people so let's go listen to them now now entering cruise flight hi everyone carl valeri at the 2019 deland sport aviation showcase and we're here live at showcase live and this is actually i'm really excited my first interview for the day i drove in through the city of deland and it was just absolutely wonderful what a pretty town yeah it sure is here with greg wallstrom from uh, the experimental aircraft channel now welcome brian brian wallstrom oh, excuse me brian thank yep. you for the correction thank you thank you hey brian uh did you come in today or yesterday there here there's a little rain yep yep so this is day two uh of the show i came in um actually a couple days before the show to set up and so forth um first day uh i think was was really great um the weather was uh partial sun sun uh, but was was good because you know we didn't get sunburned at least i don't I don't think I'm sunburned at the moment, um, so that that went really well. Uh, yes, we did get some rain um, early this morning, but here we are, uh, not even lunchtime. And I think it's pretty much over with. So uh, back to business, I think, as usual here. 
Well, we're going to have a great show, and actually you're here with two different things, but let's talk about the first one. It's the Experimental Aircraft Channel. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So uh, the Experimental Aircraft Channel I started uh, right about a year ago um, in my attempt to kind of uh, broaden the horizons of other people that maybe are not in, into aviation or, or know about this aspect of aviation, and that is the builder side. You know, people are very familiar with small aircraft or general aviation, um, maybe flight training and that kind of stuff. Uh, but there is a whole other world of, you know, kit planes uh, that you can, like, I call it more like the DIY of aviation. And there's the whole maker movement of woodworking and, you know, do-it-yourself house projects. But this is something that the maker movement can, I think, grow into as far as build your own airplane at home, whether it's in your your hangar, your your shop, your your kitchen. I've yet to find the guy, and I know that they exist, that is doing this in their kitchen, because I've seen people post on a Facebook, but I hope to interview him or her one day. Um, but basically, yeah, just to promote aviation at the builder level. So that's why I started uh, the Experimental Aircraft Channel, which is can be found on YouTube. Um, and, of course, I've got a, a Facebook page that I, I post to um, quite frequently just to keep people involved and let them know what's going on in, in our aviation community. You know, I like how you characterize that as a DIY and the maker movement. And this is really cool because I think a lot of people are getting into doing things with their own hands and, and creating things. And this allows you to do that, but it also allows you another thing. It allows you to get into the air and a lot less expensively. And it's, it's truly a great adventure, both on the side of creating something and also flying. So there's a lot of folks that are probably listening right now that don't quite understand what the experimental aircraft is and that they can actually build their own. Right, right. So there's, I mean, at the show alone, there's probably 15 to 20 uh, manufacturers and others that didn't, didn't make it out because they're on the West Coast or something like that. But there's just so many options these days uh, to, uh, to choose from to, to build an aircraft. And there's also some companies that still offer plans only or plans in addition to their kits. So if you really want to get down to the nitty-gritty of working with your hands, um, they offer plans so you can literally fabricate from... You know, wood, uh, sheet metal, fiberglass. So there's all kinds of different genres, if you will, within the build process. If you like a particular uh, method, you, know, you can you can go down that path. And I think that's really um, a good thing that these manufacturers are allowing that option as, of plans built as well. Um, so that's 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 been a good positive thing. Um, Yes. So one of the things I, I feel like I haven't actually built one. I've been around people building in a lot of local chapters is I need a little support the first time out. Having a YouTube channel is great, but for the per person that's out there first time building, you know, how do they find those resources to get help to help them build? Maybe I don't know how to do, you know, a, build a wing, uh, a rudder, et cetera. How to test fly an aircraft? Sure. Well, well some of the companies, uh, actually most of them now, offer some type of introductory workshop and you can either go out to their their facility and they'll offer like a one to three day um, most of them will start with like a rudder to give you just a taste of what it's like to build and sometimes like like here uh, Zenith has brought that to the people to this show where they, they brought a fuselage so you can kind of get some hands-on experience of trying that out uh, here locally um, and there's also several companies that actually have a Wallstrom Aviation Company aside from this that I do some builder assist where I'll come to you to assist you, maybe get you over the hump of somewhere where that you're stuck, or uh, kind of like that rudder workshop, but at your own home. I also do component builds of, um, you know, the wing, the tail, the fuselage, that kind of stuff. 
So Wallstrom Aviation, is that uh, something that's locally in Florida or is it nationwide? Yep, I'm located in the panhandle of Florida, about an hour west of Tallahassee. Uh, so I, I do the component parts, um, offer the component parts for Zenith um, uh, builders. And I'm also a dealer and do marketing for the Aero Adventure Aventura 2 seaplane. That's an amphibious seaplane that's actually manufactured right here uh, in the land. Well, that's awesome that you're here as a, as a resource and that we can actually come to you or you can come to us for help. But also, I think the Experimental Aircraft Channel, along with Wallstrom Aviation, is really a great combination because you can find information right there from the channel and then you can add on by actually visiting with you folks. Now, how would they find you? Uh, Experimental Aircraft Channel, yes, but how about the aviation, Wallstrom Aviation? Yeah, uh, Wallstrom Aviation is online at wallstromaviation.com. And if you have any questions, you can email me at sales at wallstromaviation.com. I also have a Facebook page there if you want to follow, follow along up there. So as far as somebody that's looking towards you, other folks to help out, you have some experience in this field of experimental aircraft. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about uh, what you've done in the past as far as projects. Yeah, well, I've been in uh, aviation since I was about 14. When I started to go after my pilot's license, I've been a private pilot since uh, 19. I owned a Grumman Yankee as my first plane, um, early 20s. And I got into um, experimental market uh, because one of my, my, not real close neighbor, but neighborhood neighbor, was into the, the F-1 rocket, which is a derivative of the RV-4, and then Harman rocket, and then became the F-1. I actually started to work with um, early on doing component builds and building some jigs to, to build the components and stuff like that. Uh, and then I got into building the RV RV6 series, uh, I did like a tail and a wing, and that's where I learned the metal work and some riveting skills and that kind of stuff. Um, from there, I, I built a two-thirds scale Jenny replica, which was an early bird. That's a plans only that you can still buy today. Uh, that's how I was, I kind of taught myself to weld, you know, tube, uh, chromoly tube, um, thin wall tubing welding, and uh, that was a lot of fun. I just, I've always been a hands-on kind of build it type person anyway but then aviation is just it, it's just a mix of everything i mean you got engineering art beauty i mean it's just it's all mixed into one thing you know and what greater reward as far as a diy project to build something and to go fly it i mean how can you top that right so that's one of the things that's really kept me involved and passionate about aviation is there's just so much mixed into it and then to add on top of that which is really what I like about the Experimental Aircraft Channel, is the aviation community. I mean, what this is all about is, is people, you know, and I, I really love people and getting to know um, and making new friends and that, that kind of stuff. And then we just, I mean, you can walk up to anybody in aviation and have an hour-long conversation, you know, find out about what they're doing, whether what they've, they've flown or what they're building, and it's just a really, really great community. And I hope to be able to grow our community uh, through this and just, like, my wife, as an example, we've been married for about six years. I introduced her to this world, and she was just in awe of like how nice people are. I mean, generally speaking, most most of us are fairly fairly nice to talk to, you know. Uh, and it's just a friendly environment. So again, I, I hope to be able to build our community, get more people involved in this friendly community. You know, to add to that, I mean, this is the first time we've really actually had a chance to talk, and, and you become fast friends in the aviation community. You know, I could sit here and talk for hours about your channel. I know we don't, we're not, not going to be on here for hours talking about it, but you really, you have fast friends, and, and people are so open to sharing this love and passion they have for aviation. 
going back to that, we, you were talking about the fact that there's people out there that can help you like yourself, and there's a great community out there. Even if you're not someone that wants to build right now and still trying to build the confidence, there's ways to do that, and one of them is through your channel. Yeah, and there's... Um yeah, there's there's all kinds of uh, other YouTube channels out there. Obviously, that people are promoting or, or sharing what they're doing in, in their their garages and workshops and stuff like that. Um, there's also different forums and groups within each manufacturer. So, like if you're interested in the Zenith, there's a forum and a Facebook page for a Zenith. If you're interested in a, a Kit Fox, there's a forum and a Facebook page for that. So, if you any one in particular you're kind of curious about, you can kind of Google search that, you know, locate that and, and get involved there. And ask questions, and, and nobody's going to turn your way. You know, you have a question. There's no real stupid question, you know, in, in this. So if you have a question, just just ask, and, and I'm sure people will be very happy to uh, inform you or educate you on on that airframe. So what's next for the experimental aircraft channel? Uh, so yeah, it's been up for about a year, and it's really just going to be like a hobby thing. I had an idea, like you know, maybe I'll do this when I retire. I'll just drive around and interview people, and see in their garage, in their workshop, what that looks like, the kind of space that you, is required, and just share that with people, because I enjoy the conversation. So I started to do it, and it just it has grown. I've grown to about 16,000 subscribers in a year, of not really even trying, right? So 2020, I, I realized that this, this could be a thing. So I'm going to ramp up a bit, and I may uh, add a, a podcast here shortly. I'm looking to get a few more sponsors, mainly to help cover the cost to get the content, because I travel to... I don't just go to the air show and, and talk to 50 people. I actually go to somebody's house or their hangar. So I'm looking to get a few more sponsors and grow that way, do some merchandise, you know, all the typical things that some of the YouTube channels do, but also off, offer uh, more ways of, of getting involved in the build process. You know, I might end up trying to host some of my own events to get builders or new people involved to become builders. So those are a few things that are on my horizon I'm excited to see more, uh, but w are there any projects you're working on right now you want to share with us? Any yeah. personal projects? Yeah, sure. Again, I mean, I, why do this if I'm not doing it, right? right. So I am, I am actually building, uh, and the current project that I'm working on is a Zenith Cruiser. And it's something I started a few years ago, and I've moved four times in five years, so there's kind of some start and stops. But the key is it just to keep on going, you know, and, and even if it takes you five years or ten years on some of these, the end, end game is to have a finished flying product, right? So, and not everybody can say that. So even if life gets in the way, you know, just pick up where you left off and keep going. But I should have this kit and this uh, project done by the end of 2020. So if you're looking to actually build or you're somebody that's interested in getting into experimental aviation, uh, this is the person to talk to because he's very friendly, obviously. And to find out more, you can actually go to the, his YouTube channel. And if they have questions, will you answer them? Absolutely. You can, uh, there's, there's several videos up there now. I think there's going to be 30, 40. And I, I try to answer every comment. So if you want to leave a comment, I'll get back to you there. Or you can email me directly at info at experimentalaircraftchannel.com. Or I'm on Facebook a lot. And you're very welcome to send a message through the Experimental Aircraft Channel page or message me directly at Brian Wallstrom. I'll be happy to talk to anybody and figure out first what your mission is and need for an airplane and then help you figure out which kit may be right for you. Well, I'm going to invite you over to our hangar and we have lots of folks around us building aircraft. I can't wait for you to come. Sounds good. <laughs> I got a question. What's the YouTube channel? What's the YouTube channel one more time? Do you have a domain for it? Yeah, the YouTube, YouTube channel is Experimental Aircraft Channel. Yes. Experimental Aircraft Channel. Thanks. Dot com forward slash experimental aircraft. That is correct. Right. Yes, 
So YouTube.com forward slash Experimental Aircraft Channel. Correct. All right, great. I can't wait to see more videos. I, I was so excited to hear about your channel because there's so many people that I hear say they want to get into experimental aircraft, Excellent. but they need someone that can hold their hand. And right there, great place to find it on YouTube. Thanks so much for talking to us here at the Sports Showcase 2019. Uh, here in Deland, you brought the good weather. It's, it's back. <laughs> yes. Yeah, come out and say hello. Uh, there's, there's a lot of great people, great manufacturers, great vendors here to talk to. And, and learn more about uh, this thing we, we call experimental light sport and ultralight aviation. And to find your booth, you just come right into the main entrance here, hang a left, and you're right there. Big red truck. How about the other left? Let's go right. Let's go right. Well, it depends where you come in. <laughs> depends on which side you come in on, right? <laughs> but yeah, the main entrance right here. And uh, no, no. <laughs> well, I actually am really excited to be here. This is my first interview here at Deland Sport Aviation Showcase. Awesome. It's been actually an honor to go with someone who's really passionate about aviation. And I can't wait to see more of the folks that are, are lining up to come in here and to talk about aviation because we are all so passionate about this thing we love Absolutely. to do, and that's flying. So, again, Carl Valeri, I'm reporting here, 2019. The Land Sport Aviation Showcase, the showcase for sport aviation and also affordable aircraft. Thanks again for talking to us. Thank you. Hey, everyone. This is Carl Valeri with the 2009 Live Showcase here at the Land Sport Aviation Showcase. And I'm here with Greg Ellsworth here at Aviation Insurance Resources. Hey, Greg, welcome. Thank you. You know, this is actually a really great show. This is my first year here, uh, and it is one of those really neat places where you get up close and personal with a lot of the folks that are here that are your customers, and people that are very passionate about aviation. It's very purposeful. Just before we talk about insurance, how are you liking the show so far? Very good. Of course, yesterday was the first day and very busy day, so we're hoping for more uh, traffic today. You know, Aviation Insurance Resources, as some of you know from the Stuck Mike Avcast and have listened to me there, is uh, Victoria Neuville, who's uh, with you folks, is a real advocate of aviation and also insurance. The one thing that's really cool, uh, if I can make a plug for you folks, is that you're all very much involved in aviation. I think the majority are pilots? Yeah, we're all at least private pilots or better. Okay. So that helps you when you're speaking our language, and that's the language of being a pilot. So you've been able to help me in the past with insurance. You've been able to help a lot of folks. So let's go over the type of insurance that you have, and then we'll talk a little bit about the industry. Yeah, well, we've been in business uh, over 20 years now, and we're an aviation specialist. Uh, we specialize in all types of aviation insurance, and uh, we write all types from uh, the, the small experimental piston aircraft to large corporate aircraft. We insure also uh, flying clubs, flight schools, maintenance shops, uh, even uh, workers' comp for uh, aviation businesses. And uh, this year we've gotten into the balloon business. We have uh, uh, we specialize in uh, hot air balloons as well. Awesome. You know, we're at an air show that's billed as the affordable aircraft show, you know, the Land Sport Aviation Showcase. One of the more important things when I'm looking at an aircraft is insurance because it is a big piece of the pie as far as the costs are concerned. Let's talk a little bit about that. I think uh, as one that actually buys insurance, it seems that rates might be changing a little bit. Can you tell us a little bit about what's happening in the industry? Yeah, this is uh, January 1 this year. We've noticed a big change in both the premiums and um, the underwriting. Uh, if I can give you a little bit of history, the last eight to ten years, uh, the 
insurance market has probably experienced the lowest premiums. We've had a lot of companies enter the market over that time period. And of course, anytime a new company would enter the market, they would come in with lower premiums. That would drive premiums down. And of course, the uh, you know, as claims increase and there's low premiums, something's got to give. So we've had several companies that have entered the market in that time period have left the market. So we have fewer insurance companies now. Uh, underwriters need to improve their bottom line like any business needs to. And so that's forcing premiums up. And also they're tightening their underwriting to try to mitigate their, their claims too. So as someone that's out there with the pilot helping the pilot and the owner of the aircraft get insured, how do you help them? I mean, how do you help them in this type of environment? Well, us as a broker, we're appointed by all the major insurance carriers. So one of our job is to um, uh, check all the companies that uh, will quote that particular risk. And so that's our biggest job. And then also we help... Um, you know, pilots that are thinking about buying an airplane, kind of help them understand what areas to avoid, what other areas that they uh, should maybe look at. For example, student pilots who want to build an airplane. My recommendation is if they're getting into an experimental aircraft that they better get their sport pilot license if, they're, if, it's, sport, if it's a sport aircraft, light sport aircraft, uh, or their private license first before getting into an experimental aircraft. So going back to that whole building, is there some insurance that I'll need if I'm new to the world of building while I'm actually building the aircraft? There sure is, and we look at it from two perspectives. One is what's the time frame of completing that project? If the project is already in construction and it may be less than a year, uh, maybe just a couple months out before they're ready to start test flying, we'll write it on a regular aircraft policy. Just start them off with ground-only coverage. But if it's going to be a project that's going to be 12 months or longer, we have what's called a builder's risk policy. And that is just uh, insurance to protect their investment while they're building. And it also provides some uh, liability coverage, too. So, you know... <laughs> One of the things you have to have while you're building an aircraft is an aircraft to fly. And, uh, you know, while I'm building my aircraft, of course, I'm going to be probably renting an, an aircraft, too. Do I need to get insurance if I'm out there renting an aircraft? I would advise you that you should. <laughs> not, Why is that? Just Not just as an insurance right. agent, but, you know, everyone's excited to get into an airplane and go flying, and they don't think of the potential, you know, problems that could happen. So... Uh, we do have non-owned aircraft insurance policies, whether you're renting from a flight school or maybe a friend says, hey, take my airplane out flying. Uh, while you're flying that aircraft, you're responsible for not only the damage that may occur to it while you're flying it, but also liability, bodily injury and property damage that you could cause as a result of an accident. So I'm actually going to be liable for that. So I need to be careful and make sure I do have renter's insurance. That's right. Yeah, if you have uh, a hard landing and lose control on landing, veer off the runway onto a ramp and hit another airplane, that's a property damage claim. And, uh, you know, if there's persons on the ramp that you could possibly hit, you know, that's a bodily injury claim. So you need that liability insurance to protect you for those types of incidents. So if I go to a flight school and someone tells me at the flight school that I need to get my own insurance, what do, what do they mean by that? 
what they're meaning is you should get your own non-owned aircraft insurance policy. And the thing is, if you're renting an airplane, there's typically a um, uh, rental agreement. And that rental agreement may specify what coverage limits they want you to carry. If, they're, if it's silent, if the rental agreement is silent with respect to insurance, then you better purchase a non-owned policy with limits that you're personally comfortable with. You know, what's really cool about this show is we have so many people here that are excited about aviation that are airline pilots. Many of them have flight instructor certificates. And, you know, to, to pay it forward, they want to teach people how to fly. And a question that I get often, I'm going to ask you, is do I need insurance if I'm going to have a friend's airplane and I'm going to teach them how to fly in that airplane or get them a rating? Is there any type of insurance I need? Yeah, again, it, it's the non-owned aircraft policy, which is endorsed to add uh, CFI coverage. Okay. And we have two types of CFI non-owner policies. One is, I'll just call it a regular CFI non-owner, but there's also an organization out there called SAFE, and so we've designed a program uh, for SAFE CFIs. SAFE is the Society of Asia Aviation and Flight Educators, an incredible organization, many different resources. One of them is partnering with you folks at Aviation Insurance Resources as far as getting insurance. And there's some discounts, too, if they actually become a, a master CFI as one, but also become a member of SAFE. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. And also, in addition to the discounts, it adds some other coverage features. For example, it'll add multi-engine aircraft and uh, seaplanes as well. So I highly recommend to all my friends that I know you love teaching people how to fly is get some insurance. You know, if you're out there an airline pilot, get out there and, and look at the folks at Aviation Insurance Resources. To find them on the Internet, it's really easy. It's air-pros.com, air-pros.com. And the other cool thing about Aviation Insurance Resources, if you don't mind me plugging, is the fact when you call, they actually have a person that answers and will answer your questions. You mentioned another thing about being here and looking at aircraft. You can call up and get an estimate on a type of aircraft, even if you don't have an end number. You're just trying to go out there and shop and trying to figure out the cost. Yeah, we can uh, quote an aircraft based on the year, make, model, and, and the, the insured value. Uh, that's not a problem. We do not need a specific end number. So if you're interested, give us a call and we'll help you out. What other type of aircraft? I know general aviation, multi-engine. Uh, where, where do you go? From what range to range? I know you said balloons. Anything larger? Uh, corporate, you know, corporate jets, turbine props. Uh, we don't get into, you know, uh, Part 121 operations. But uh, Part 135 operations okay. we insure. So, yeah. Sky's the limit. Sky is the limit. <laughs> You know, a lot of folks don't realize when they change their operation, too, like you said, with a 135. There's a lot of folks out there that think, oh, gee, I could just do start a 135. I think they need to really look into a lot of things, other than I know the legal part, but also insurance. That's going to change a few things, isn't it? Yes, it will, because they're two different policy forms. If you own your own airplane it, and flying it for your own personal, non-commercial use, but then you decide, well, you know, I got my commercial ticket and I want to start doing some, you know, charter work. That's a different policy form, and uh, if you try to do that under your non-commercial policy, that violates, that use would violate the use under the non-commercial policy, and if there's an accident, the underwriter uh, could deny a claim, so you need to make sure that your policy addresses the uses that you plan on using the aircraft for. So for those listening and looking towards insurance, what areas do you cover? Is the United States like our friends in Alaska, et cetera? Will they be able to go to you for insurance? 
Yeah, so we uh, specifically, you know, work with uh, clients that are based in the U.S. and and N-numbered, but uh, if you have an N-numbered aircraft and it's based outside the U.S., we can probably still get that done. It just depends. So the light sport, and one cool thing is a lot of other countries are allowing light sports to fly into, say, the Bahamas. If I'm looking for insurance, I have to take that under consideration, don't I, if I'm flying out of the country? Yes, you should, because the policy has a defined policy territory. Typically, they include Canada, U.S., and Mexico. Most of them include Bahamas, but some don't. So it depends on how it was underwritten. Written. So if you're flying outside the U.S., Give your agent a call, give us a call, and we'll help you. Most importantly, call them before you leave, That's right. before you land in the Bahamas or Mexico or somewhere outside the United States, because uh, you've heard those horror stories, haven't you? That's right. <laughs> yeah. Give us a call first. It's always best. Anything else about aviation insurance resources we need to know that we didn't cover here, other than the fact that you guys are really, really friendly? <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't think of any right now. All right, cool. You know, to find them, it's air pros air-pros.com, aviation insurance resources. Obviously, if you listen to our other podcast, Stuck Mike Avcast, Victoria Newville is somebody else you can speak to. Here in Florida, they have a local agent, I think. It's uh, Joe Kacha. He, he will actually give you a call back if you're, and of course, it's a mecca of aviation here, but anywhere else in the United States. And you're at all the different shows. Uh, and this one, I think you really like. I think we talked offline a little bit. Uh, if you're thinking about coming here to the uh, Deland Sport Aviation Showcase, the cool thing is you're, you're up close and personal, aren't you? Yeah, it is. And, you know, for a person that's looking, you know, considering buying one of these types of aircraft, it's a great venue. Uh, you know, if you're really interested, um, you have dealers out here that are willing to give you demo flights. And that's something that's hard to do at a big show like Oshkosh. But here it's great. You have time. You can talk to us. You can talk to any other vendors. You can even get a demo flight if you're interested. It's a perfect a perfect uh, showcase for that. <laughs> well, thanks for that segue. I th- it really is a perfect showcase here at Deland Sport Aviation Showcase 2019. I'm with Greg Ellsworth. Thanks so much for talking to us about insurance. Again, air-pros.com. They can talk to you or any of the other agents, correct? That's right. And our phone number, 301-682-6200. Awesome. Hey, you know, it's interesting here at the, the Land Sport Aviation Showcase. Uh, one of the things I love is being able to see old friends uh, and talk insurance and everything aviation. We talk aircraft builds. We talk about propellers. We talk about tires, everything. But we, one thing in common is this aviation world, and all of us love it. It's just such a, such a wonderful community. And this Deland Sport Aviation Showcase shows that. It's a, it's a small community, but, but it's rather large because of the Internet, that's for sure. So thanks again. One of the things I want you guys to do is remember the folks that are also behind the camera and Mike Daniels, uh, Elizabeth Daniels just knocking it out of the park. Elizabeth doing the social media here for the Deland Sport Aviation Showcase and, and Mike Daniels. Tom Frick who's also uh, a big part of the team and the guy who's running the show too is, is Dave Shalbetter. Also someone else we'll see and I think we had him on yesterday is Roy Brewer. Love to hear some of your comments back on what you think about the Deland Sport Aviation Showcase live. So at the bottom of this please comment hit the like button, and let us know, do you want us to keep doing this in, in progressive years? I'll tell you what, I'm having a lot of fun. Anyway, Carl Valeri here reporting for the 2019 Deland Sport Aviation Showcase right here at Show Center with Aviation Insurance Resources.
Hey everyone, Carl Valeri with the 2019 Sport Aviation Showcase here in DeLand. I'm really excited to be here. There's lots of really cool aircraft and a lot of friendly people that love aviation. One of those people that absolutely loves aviation has been involved in for quite some time is Lou Mancuso with Bristol. Hey Lou, how's it going? It's going great. <laughs> I'm so excited to, to be here and actually uh, get to interview you. This is the first time we've actually been able to sit down and, and finally do an interview. I I'm, love the aircraft. I love the fit and finish of the Bristel, and I like all that you folks are doing. So hats off to you with that. And with that said, uh, what are we doing here today? What do we have showcasing? Well, we're promoting numerous things. The first thing is our Bristel is the first LSA to be approved in a Part 141 flight school. Our flight school in New York is Mid-Island Flying School, celebrating 72 years. And we're now replacing our 152s with Bristels. We have three on the line, and we got them approved on our 141 certificate. And as you know, I'm the landing doctor. I have specific training safety methods, including our Bristel Challenge coin that all our customers have to go through our three-part landing doctor training protocols to earn their coin and our landing doctor training methods are written into our 141 syllabus in new york so that's a pretty exciting news for us I, I think this is he's shaking his head behind the camera i think this is something i want to do is try to get one of these challenge coins can, can i come up and do that well to get a, a challenge a still challenge coin it's a military style challenge coin only awarded for doing something special okay. so to earn your Bristel challenge coin you must land within 400 feet of the designated landing spot on a day with a minimum six knot crosswind you must land on the center line with no drift you have to dissipate the extra energy from landing in about 300 feet and then you do a go around without ever touching the nose wheel and when you do the go around you must accelerate to VY 70 knots within ground effect and then you've earned your Bastel challenge coin and welcome to the family you know what you're doing I'm up for the challenge I can't wait to do this I'm coming up to, to Long Island to do that it's it's sounds exciting it is exciting and I'll tell a little bit more about that before the interviews over so let's move over to our uh, Adventura seaplane, I'll tell you what we're doing there. Let's do that. And uh, one of the things that I, I think is great about Bristel is, is not only in the light sport world, that is, is not only are you selling a product, but you really do a great job uh, with support. I think one of the things that we forget about when we're looking at a light sport aircraft is actually the the fact that we need we need someone that's going to be there to fix the aircraft or someone we can speak with. So just before we talk about this aircraft, I want to I want to just concentrate on the fact that you're if we buy an aircraft from you, you're not just going to give it to us and go away. I was a dealer for seven different light sport airplanes before I found the Bristel and Milan Bristella. I never had a warranty claim paid by anybody, and we have warranty all the time. Uh, BRM Aero, Milan Bastella, honors the warranty, we fix things, we have issues like everybody else, but probably fewer than most, and our warranty is outstanding, and uh, I pay the warranty, and then I deal with the manufacturer to get reimbursed for as much of it as possible. So our support is amazing. And there is somebody at the other end of the phone when I call. Yeah, we have Rich Masano in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and then I have my guys in New York. We have our guys at the Sebring Flight Academy, so we, our support is growing and growing. Awesome. So another project you're involved with uh, here, actually, I think it's in Florida, is that correct? Is it with the seaplanes? Yeah, well, we have our Sebring Flight Academy in Sebring, and behind me is the uh, Aero Adventure Adventura 
seaplane which has been made as a kit plane for the last 15 years and it's now going to be an SLSA which means it can be used in commercial flight training. So our Sebring Fight Academy will be doing seaplane ratings and tailwheel endorsements in brand new Adventuras. It should be certified uh, definitely by Sun and Fun and we'll be bringing on flight school dealers that can be doing training and sales of the Adventura seaplane. And unlike the competition, our price points starting price is only $119,000 for a brand new plane with avionics, ADS-B, uh, similar to what is behind me here, uh, and that's very exciting for us. And also bringing over, obviously, all that great customer service here at Bristol, and this is, this is something I think is going to be a game changer for a lot of people that want to get into uh, seaplanes, and one, one of the things that I think is really, really important is to realize this really isn't that expensive. I think that's the reason we're here today. You can get into all these different airplanes. That's why it's the light sport and affordable aircraft showcase. I'm sure you hear that from a lot of people. Oh, I can't afford a new plane. But if you compare this to other new airplanes, wow, it's a lot cheaper. And when you have a $300,000 seaplane, you have a $40,000 insurance premium. On a $119,000 seaplane, you have a $5,000 insurance premium. So this insurance is affordable. But what's really exciting, we're going to be using the same landing doctor safety principles that we use in the Bristol. We'll have a, a beer, we'll have an Aero Adventure challenge coin made for people that go through our landing doctor program and follow our safety protocols in the seaplane. So I just want to talk a little bit more about the landing doctor protocol. So we're going to walk over here and I have a poster that lists the highlights of the landing doctor safety protocol. And we're just going to stand by the poster and, okay. and talk about some of let's, those safety let's do protocols. That. Let's do that. And uh, so come on over to the Bristol. And by the way, if you're looking at coming to uh, the show, uh, make sure you stop by the Bristol booth. They're super friendly. And there's so many cool different rides that you can do here that is different than many of the other shows. So uh, one, one of the nice things about Sebring, or excuse me, about DeLand, is that you actually have, I know, that's horrible that I did that. One thing that's great about DeLand is the fact you can actually get out there and, and fly with the folks that have the aircraft on display. And are you going to be having displays and we, also flights? We're doing demos. And uh, yeah, the demos are available. So, so anyway, going on to the next thing. Yeah. So people that buy a Bristol or buy an Adventura seaplane are going to go through the landing doctor training. The landing doctor training is comprised of three things. The first thing on our coin says PLC, personal limitations checklist. And, and there it is right there, the yep. personal limitations the checklist. The part is GPA, ground proximity awareness training. And the third part is DF gap. So we have a landing doctor code that gives specific things you need to be safe in an airplane, any airplane, but especially the ones we train in. And I'll give you the highlights of the code. First one, fly the plane, fly the plane, fly the plane. All good old time instructors, that's their mantra, fly the plane, stay engaged. Second one, use your personal limitations checklist, a booklet I wrote in 1992, it's available for free on the Landing Doctor website, and you need to fly within your limits. The third one, is during climb, you must see over the nose, you must see over the nose, you must see over the nose. You will not have a stall spin on takeoff if you can see over the nose. You don't have to learn about spins, you just have to not climb out too steep. You must see over the nose. The next one 
is departure stalls will only be done with a CFI on board. Back home at Mid-Island Flying School, we had incidents over the years where people were practicing departure stalls alone. They got their nose up too high and they wound up in a stall spin and they recovered. So a lot of people don't realize the pilot private pilot and sport pilot PTS allow departure stalls to be done with partial power. So if you do a departure stall in a Bonanza or a Bristel with full power, you'll have an excessively high nose attitude and a good chance to go into a spin if you don't keep the ball centered. So you're allowed to do it at 65% power. So we do our departure stalls with 4,000 RPM, the nose doesn't get up very high, and the recovery is very simple, but we still don't let them done solo. All departures are done dual departure stalls. Uh, in the event that uh, engine quits, switch tanks immediately. There's been so many uh, off-airport landings with people still had fuel in the tank. So we say engine quits, switch tanks immediately. The next one, if the pilot finds himself in the coffin corner, go around. If you have a strong left crosswind during a left-hand pattern, uh, a low-time pilot will frequently blast through final because they're going very fast on base. And they'll find themselves way off to the right side of the runway, and they'll put the plane in a 30-degree bank to try and get back to final, and they'll stall spin there. That's the coffin corner. We teach if you misjudge and you find yourself overshooting on final, go around. Don't try and come back if you're in the coffin corner. The next one... Balloon flares will be to a go-around. Uh, new pilots will always balloon, and most instructors will allow it, or they'll try and fix the balloon, and they'll make a hard landing. All balloons are to go-arounds. And then we do our GPA training, where we fly 3,000 feet down the runway, 6 inches off the ground, so the customer is in the perfect landing profile for 30 seconds, not for two seconds like on a normal power off landing. So ground proximity awareness training is part and uh, the heart of the landing doctor safety protocol. The next one is always land with 90 minutes of fuel. The FAAR of 30 minutes of fuel is nuts. That's two and a half gallons. So we say six gallons of fuel. We hold 32 gallons. So you must have 90 minutes of fuel so you never run out of gas. Uh, next one um, until IFRI rated, only fly on clear nights with visible ground lights. We uh, all love JFK Jr., and he died because he flew on a misty night and lost sight of ground contact. So most countries, you can't fly at night unless you're instrument rated. So we have a privilege in the United States to fly at night without an instrument rating. But if you're going to do that, please follow the landing doctor code. Only do it on clear nights with ground lights visible. The last one is always have a solid gold out. And uh, Richard Collins from Airfax was a prolific, well-known writer. And he always said, if you only fly when the weather's perfect, you won't fly so many days that you could. So he said, get started, but always have a solid gold out. If you have a solid gold out, you can be a little more adventurous, but you need to know what you're going to do. So that's some highlights of the Landing Doctor Code. You can read more about it on thelandingdoctor.com. You can read the entire booklet, the Personal Limitations Checklist. It's there for all flying public to be safe. So it's Lou Mancuso, The Landing Doctor. Fly safe, be safe, come to the Academy, uh, get a seaplane rating and a tail dragger endorsement, or come to the, to, you can get a Bristol demo in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. 
the Villages, Florida, Punta Gorda, Florida, or at the Sebring Flight Academy with Brent Howell in Sebring, Florida. Well, those are all wonderful places to be. I'd love to visit all of them. And one thing, though, you know, you have this in front of you. One thing we found is there's uh, a bit of a shortage of pilots, and there's people that want to get into aviation now. How about those folks that are watching us right now saying, hey, you know, I want to be an instructor. I want to go out and, and learn, but I also want to be able to teach someday. What opportunities are there for them? There is an extreme pilot shortage, and we've done something about that. We opened the Sebring Academy a year ago, and like I said, we're making... Uh, light sports CFIs, you do not need a commercial, you do not need an instrument. You only need 150 hours. So we finance the training for 2000 down and 300 a month, and then you'll get a light sports CFI license, and we'll hire you, and you'll be teaching, getting paid while you build your 1,000 hours to become an airline pilot. So we're the lowest cost producer for an airline pilot in the United States. We've made some new light sports CFIs. They're doing wonderfully. They're, they're, they pass their flight tests with flying colors. These, these new students love them. But we don't have enough students for our new instructors. So we we introducing a um, two-week, 30-hour light sport course for $3,210. That's $107 an hour wet with CFI in a brand new Bristol at the Sebring Flight Academy. And then we have housing available for $50, $50 a night in our own student housing in Sebring. So we are just now advertising that, and we figure that it's going to be very, very popular because where can you go and get a light sport pilot's license? So the training of 30 hours uh, for $107 an hour. Yeah, that's that's a really good value, that's for sure. And one of the things that I think we all think about in aviation is, gosh, there's such a, a large cost of entry. That That's not that large of a cost, is it? No. Well, the reason we're doing it so inexpensively is we need our hours for our new CFIs. We're, I, I promised them I'd get them 1,000 hours so they could get their airline job. Now I've got to deliver. So I'm doing these training programs at cost so I can get my young CFIs hours. So if you want to become an airline pilot, make sure you check out Lou and Cuso down there at the Sebring Flight Academy and on their website, uh, thelandingdoctor.com. And Bristol Aircraft, like I said, I can't say enough about it. The fit and finish is, is amazing. What a great aircraft to fly. But, you know, one of the things I think a lot of people might have questions about is, uh, how does this prepare me for being an airline pilot? Is, is flying a light sport, is that going to really prepare me to become an airline pilot? It'll prepare you in a way that's beyond belief. The Bristol is now a TAA, Technically Advanced Aircraft. You do not need to fly a, a retractable constant speed plane like a Piper Arrow. You can get your 10 hours for the commercial rating in a Bristol because it's a technically advanced aircraft. The FAA has realized that the avionics usage of the sophisticated avionics is way more important than whether the gear goes up or down. So the Bristol is technically advanced aircraft, can be used for your commercial 10 hours, and it's a wonderful platform for instrument training. And it is a wonderful platform. Uh, a lot of all the light sports, I think, are incredible with some of the, the avionics that are in there. One of the challenges we see at the airlines when we hire folks is they have a, a really uh, difficult transition going into the technically advanced or what we call the glass at the airline level. This is going to help them because you're exposed to it right away. What an incredible IFR platform. As a matter of fact, not to get too technical, we can actually make this an IFR aircraft, can't we? We have Bristol's flying IFR to do that. 
the SLSA becomes an ELSA, experimental with about, uh, when we bring them in new, it's no charge to make it an E or an S. And if you already made it an S, you can make it an E for about $1,500. And it has to have a piece of IFR certified avionics, which up until now was pretty expensive Garmin uh, technology like a GTN 650 close to 20 grand to have one of those in your plane. Garmin just introduced the GNX 375, which is an ADS-B transponder that also has WASP certified GPS LPV approach capability. So we're now putting them in many of our bristels for the people who want to go IFR and they have a certified piece of avionics to make it legal to go IFR and IMC. Yeah, I've always said when I'm looking at your aircraft, that's an incredible uh, IFR platform, and people keep correcting me that, no, you can't fly IFR in that. I said, well, I know somebody who knows how to, and that's you. Yeah, you can't <laughs> do it in all light sports, but the Bristol POH says you can do it, and we know how to equip them and get the paperwork right so you're legal. Well, bottom line, it's great training, and it will prepare people for going to the airlines. It'll prepare them for flying in general. And that's the one thing I love about the Bristel and also about you, Lou. Anything else you want us to know about Bristel and the, and the landing doctor or the Seaprene Flight Academy? Well, up until now, it took six months to get a plane because you would put your order in and the factory would build it. We have uh, five planes in the United States in stock, in inventory, uh, with various equipments, various price points, starting at as little as like 160 that you can get an entry-level Bristol and you can get it right away. You don't have to wait six months. Awesome. Well, that's terrific. Uh, as far as the aircraft is concerned, they can go to Bristol aircraft.com or still aircraft.com and also if right now they're watching us they can also find you at uh, the landing doctor.com of course and where else i'm lou at bristol aircraft.com and the landing doctor is my website that i'm most proud of because it has all my training safety principles well, it's been awesome talking to you. I finally get to, to interview. It's been, been years. I've been wanting to get in front of the camera with Lou, uh, who is somebody that I think is really pushing the boundaries and pushing forward in aviation and making this a wonderful environment and wonderful community. And that's what I like about you, Lou, is that you always have a lot of energy and, and you're ready to get out there and talk about aviation. And what better place than here in Deland? we got somebody saying hi to Lou. Drew Morris. Oh. oh, yeah, we must say, yeah, I forgot about that. We have to say hi to some of the people. Yeah, we're live, yeah. So, Drew Morris, you can, uh, Drew Morris says hello. Hi, Drew. Drew emails me uh, once a week and asks, how are we coming on the 915 certification? Oh. And you'll have to stand by and see what's happening. <laughs> that They're not supposed to be talking about that yet, no. but uh, something will be coming on that. Awesome. Can't wait. Well, we're here at the uh, 2019 The Land uh, Showcase, and we are just so excited to be live this year. And it, we'd love your comments, just like you heard somebody uh, that actually gave us a comment on the live showcase. On Facebook Live, you're going to see more of these interviews all throughout the event. Don't forget, too, that you, can, you, you will also be able to download it later on on Facebook and also on YouTube. Again, hats off to all the folks that are here putting this together at the DeLand Showcase. Jana Phillip is somebody that's, that's done a bang-up job as far as coordinating the, the showcase in 2019. This is one of my favorite shows now. It's my first time here. One of the things I love about this, if you're ever thinking of coming, is the fact that you get to go one-on-one -on -one with somebody like, like Lou. You can take a ride in the aircraft. And it's really a, it's an environment that's full of people that are very serious about light sport and about promoting aviation. The other cool things, of course, is we're all talking about flying 
Who doesn't like to talk about flying? That's for sure. Uh, Mike Daniels, Elizabeth Daniels, Tom Frick, Roy Brewer, and uh, also Dave Shalbetter. Thanks so much for all the, the help there. We're going to talk to you again in another interview coming up. Don't forget to stay tuned here on Facebook Live and also on YouTube. This is Carl Valeri. We're reporting live from the 2019 DeLand Sport Aviation Showcase, the place where we can talk affordable aircraft. Hey folks, Carl Valeri here with the 2019 DeLand Sport Aviation Showcase. We're having a blast. So many really friendly folks, incredible uh, airplanes, people. We talked insurance. We also talked about the Bristel, but we're here right now with Brett Howell, who's talking about the Sebring Flight Academy. Oh my gosh, crazy that someone would actually want to start a flight school. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that, Carl. Amen to that. Yeah. You know, uh, Brett, we were just talking offline about the, the Bristel. Let's talk a little bit about the airplane real quick because we have to plug the airplane. It's a great, great aircraft, great fit and finish. Um, and we just finished uh, with someone else talking about why it's such a great plane uh, to train in. So before we talk about the flight school, the Bristel is a great price point for someone who wants to own, but also how about someone who's looking to learn in one? Probably the best platform I've uh, experienced after 40 years in the business here. And uh, here's why. Um, maintenance costs have been caught basically in half. Um, things that we would normally pay $30 for, for a spark plug, for a conventional 172, six, seven dollars, you know, now for the Rotax thing there. So it's been a very robust, um, capable aircraft for us here. Uh, meaning that it's an airplane that uh, you have to fly. You got to use your feet a little bit here. So our training um, has really become uh, generating a really quality stick and rudder pilot here right out of the gate. And those stick and rudder skills are going to be used throughout somebody's career, whether you're, you're going to stay with the lights board or, say, even move on to the airlines. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, we're going into our first full year of, air, uh, of using the airplane exclusively. And we're able to use the airplane now from zero time, from primary students, all the way through the commercial level because of that technically advanced uh, capabilities of it there. So again, that technically advanced aircraft, explain why that's so important? Sure. So, you know, the, the standard formula for many years has been, uh, you know, buy a 45-year-old uh, arrow or something along those lines to be able to demonstrate the ability to raise and lower the gear, constant speed prop, those kinds of things. Well, the FAA, and, and rightfully so, has recognized that because of the complexity of modern avionics, uh, glide slopes and approaches and autopilots and everything, uh, we're uh, able to demonstrate that to master those systems is just as important as being able to raise or lower a gear lever. You know, one of the things I mentioned before is the fact that the airlines are having a lot of challenges with people not passing training because they don't have any, quote-unquote, glass experience. That's the technically advanced aircraft. And we never would think of going to a light sport aircraft like this to get that training. And I think if you just start off here, you have that fundamentals and you can move on to flying such an aircraft as a airliner, amazingly enough. Absolutely. This Airplane requires a delicate touch to land. Um, you know, some of my initial concerns was the gear. How's this going to handle in, the, in a training environment? Uh, happy to report, as of today, we have not had a, a blowout, a tire, any kind of gear damage whatsoever. Teaching specifically the correct way to land the airplane, and uh, it's made a world of difference for us. Yep. Yeah, I know that that's always something that people think about as far as the Bristel in a training environment. Is gosh, you know, I'm not sure it can take the punishment that you get in a training environment. I'm glad you, glad you brought that up. So let's talk a little bit about the Sebring Flight Academy and what you're doing there. You've been there for about a year. Your primary aircraft are the Bristel. 
That's correct. That's correct. What type of ratings can they get? So they can start with a sport pilot certificate and continue through all their advanced ratings right up through their ATP. Um, they can get their commercial rating in the Bristol aircraft again exclusively there. Okay. So somebody who's looking, and I know I, I look at these aircraft a lot of times, and I think, gosh, the, the platform is an amazing platform for IFR. Now, I know sport aircraft, you can't fly IFR. There is a way, we talked a little bit about it technically, that you can change so that you can fly IFR if you change it to an experimental. But the skills, that's the most important thing, the skills that you're learning in this aircraft are translatable. Absolutely. And what we can't do specifically in the airplane there, uh, the, the Academy also has a full motion Redbird FMX simulator there that uh, we're able to log half of their instrument training in there, 50 hours towards their commercial and some of those other things to really kind of get the full package there of, of the kind of training they need. One of the benefits of a light sport is the fact it's a lot less expensive. Let's talk a little bit about costs. Uh, I want to get my sport pilot certificate. Great question, because we are currently running a, a special um, generate students for our young instructors coming through here. So if, a, if a, a young person or a person wants to come in and get a sport pilot certificate there from zero to the certificate is $3,200. That's $107 an hour for the airplane, uh, for the instructor, wet, including fuel there. That's, that's at cost, basically, yeah. That's an incredible deal. That's cheaper than uh, 152 it is. It is. It is. And you're flying a brand new modern modern airplane. I'm glad you said that. So something else that happens usually after your training is you fall in love with the airplane. So so how about what if someone wants to buy one of these afterwards? Everything's for sale, as you know. <laughs> Everything's for sale as you as you talk to Lumen Cuso. But that's kind of really the beauty of uh, the Bristol there is. Um, and that's happened. That's happened very recently. But we have the inventory and we have the resources to, if one sells and a student wants to buy one, that uh, it's easily replaced within a day or so there. Okay. So you're in Sebring, Florida, just south of here. Uh, one of the things that I would think if I'm a student here watching online somewhere else in the United States is how would I actually arrange for a place to stay if I was to come there? We've got you covered on that also. We have uh, housing, which is literally five minutes from the airport. And we're not talking dorm room, kind of put you up in a hotel. We're talking about a beautiful home uh, with kitchen, laundry facilities, and uh, high-definition TV and all those kinds of things. Very comfortable. Something we would feel comfortable uh, staying at, yeah. So if I'm also an instructor looking for maybe a job, because there's a lot of instructors out there now wanting to build hours, is this an opportunity for them? Absolutely. In fact, our business model is really designed with that intent. Um, as a light sport instructor, there's a couple things that really help um, shorten the pathway to start generating some revenue in, in, in the aviation world. And that's that uh, the requirement is 150 hours of total time. Um, no commercial rating and no instrument rating for that. So these young guys are able to kind of get a light sport instructor certificate start generating some income by teaching other students, other cadets and everything while they're training for their more advanced ratings and building their, their total time in their logbook there. So we're basically one year on since you started the, the school we spoke before. Um, how are things going as far as uh, from the perspective of, of the instructor and the student and the progression there for the career? Sure. We're right on track. We've got uh, two instructors now that started basically with us here. Um, one of them had just recently passed his instrument rating here, so he's well on his way to uh, his commercial rating next and then uh, as a full-fledged instructor. 
So while he's doing that process, he comes in, he's logging those times as dual instruction given, and uh, he's well on his way to, uh, you know, to 1,000 hours for that corporate job. For those listening uh, and watching right now, you can find Sebring Flight Academy where? That's at www.sebringflightacademy.com. Remember, there's people behind that SeabringFlightAcademy.com website, and one of them is uh, Brett Howell here. If you have any questions, obviously you can ask him, but there's also other folks there that will answer those questions. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we've partnered with Lou Mancuso here very well, and uh, Lou has uh, been integral in uh, the Bristol program and uh, kind of bringing this thing, whole thing to fruition there. So Lou and I have been on the same page, uh, and uh, the, the number one thing is safety and delivering the best product possible here to our students. Awesome. We're really excited about the flight school there, and uh, I'm not going to stand here too long next to the Bristol because I might come home with one, <laughs> and my wife will be really mad. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, so I, I wind up buying these things when I come to these shows, and this this one's tempting. Again, it's the Bristol is an incredible aircraft, incredible fit finish. Haven't really uh, flown one. I realized I thought I did, but it was another one that's a competitor that looks very similar. And I'm told this one actually flies a lot better. We won't mention the competitor, but I tell you, everybody who's flown this has absolutely loved. It. I have a really good friend that is flying it right now. Just bought one. And he says one of his favorite aircraft. Students love the airplane. They they love the uh, the modern feel of it. Uh, it's a it's an airplane that uh, that flies as good as it looks. To be uh, quite blunt. I like that. Flies as good as it looks. The Bristol aircraft, don't forget, you can learn to fly it at the Sebring Flight Academy. Uh, Brad Howell, has been awesome talking to you. Anything else we need to, to mention to the students or anybody else out there about the aircraft? Nope. We're going to go uh, sell some airplanes today. <laughs> okay. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Don't forget, right here at, C at the at Deland. I did that twice already. At Deland, we're talking about Sebring, but uh, you can come check out at the Deland Sport Aviation Showcase these aircraft and get up close and personal, just like we did here. Uh, that's Sometimes you don't get that at some of the, the larger shows. And don't forget, you can also take a flight in those aircraft, and that's going to be terrific all throughout this show. Not only, and then afterwards, make sure you head down to Sebring, check out Sebring Flight Academy. They'll go out and give you a demo flight there. Uh, just want to shout out to Tom Frick, our cameraman right now, and uh, Mike Daniels, Elizabeth Daniels, who's really working hard out there on all the social media. And, uh, and of course, Dave Shalbetter who's helping us uh, put this together. I'm going to shaking. No, 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 don't shout out to him. <laughs> but he's doing, he is goofing off right now. And Roy Brewer, we're having a blast here putting this all together uh, for you folks that so you can see us. I'd love to hear your comments on this as far as the live broadcast if you want to see these. And don't forget, it's also on YouTube. You'll be able to download this later. Again, Carl Valeri here at the Deland 2019 Sport Aviation Showcase. Can't wait to talk to you again on the next interview. And uh, I think I'm going to try to go out and fly eventually. I think the weather might hold for you, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again. Hi, everyone. Carl Valeri at the 2019 Deland Sport Aviation Showcase. And I'm here with Don Rowell at Sensenic Propellers. And, you know, Sensenic has a really storied history. Uh, the propellers are great propellers, been used for many, many years, and uh, we're really happy, actually, you're here in Plant City, but also here in DeLand at the showcase, so welcome. Thank you. Uh, it's good to be here. You know, we've talked before, um, and one of the things that I, I love about Sensenic, if you don't mind going a little history, is it does have such a history here in the United States. I think uh, some people are in Plant City, they are more exposed to the, the airboats and that type of thing. But it has that incredible aviation history that was in central uh, Pennsylvania. If you could just kind of expand on, on where Sensenic came from. Sensenic was started in 1932 by two brothers. Uh, they, they needed a uh, propeller for their 
vehicle to go out and get their mail. They actually drove it from their farm all the way out. It was like a half a mile to, to the mailbox to get the mail. And the propeller broke on it, and they decided they would make their own propeller for it. And some aviation pilots saw that and asked them to make a propeller for them, and that started a business. That's interesting. I love hearing the background of businesses that start so simply, but then actually progress into what this is right now. So Sensenic now is not that, that propeller company it was then. Still same principles, but now it's a little bit different. Yes. We say, <clears throat> excuse me, we say we're not your father's Sensenic, but we are your father's Sensenic. <laughs> so we still make the original fixed pitch wood propellers, and that's still a, a major part of our business. But we also now make fixed-pitch metal propellers, which was started in about 1950. And then in 1999, we started making composite propellers. So the, a question I get often is, why would anybody still be making fixed-pitch wooden propellers? Well, there's a number of reasons. One, you have the classic aircraft like a Piper Cub or a Stearman, Fairchild, which have the original wood propellers on, so we still make them. And also, a wood propeller is relatively inexpensive compared to a metal propeller or composite propeller and also it's very easy to prototype in wood so then the move to metal the move to composites that's something that you've taken from a lot of engineering i'm assuming it just didn't happen overnight no not at all and metal propellers is there's a significant amount of testing that has to be done because of harmonic vibrations that between the propeller and the engine so for somebody who's new to aviation, you know, what are the advantages of, say, having a composite propeller? The composite propeller is kind of uh, uh, gives you best of both worlds. So a wood propeller, one of the advantages is weight, number one. Number two, looks, obviously, because a wood propeller is beautiful. And let's say you happen to have a propeller strike, which nobody wants. Usually a wood propeller will go to splinters. So advantages of a wood propeller. Metal propeller, the advantages are they're very aerodynamically efficient because you can make the airfoils thinner because of the material. Number two, they have less maintenance because of the metal doesn't change over time and, and temperature variations like a wood propeller does. So that's the advantages of a metal propeller. Disadvantage would be if you have a prop strike with a metal propeller, you have a sudden engine stoppage. Composites kind of the best of both worlds. So let's take, for instance, maintenance. It's got a metal hub, it's got composite blades. That's not going to change over time and, and temperature. So that's the advantage of the wood prop, or I'm sorry, the metal prop. If you have a prop strike, the blades are generally going to break off right at the blade root, so it allows the engine to spin through. So there's the, the advantage of the wood prop. Interesting. So here we're at the Sport Aviation Showcase and Affordable Aircraft Showcase, and today we're, you're showcasing a, a propeller, and it, it goes along with what we have here. I mean, this is where aviation starts with the smaller aircraft. So today, what is it that you're actually showcasing? Well, this is a, uh, a three-blade prop for a Lycoming O320 and O360 engine that would go on a 180 to 220 mile an hour airplane. So this was really designed specifically for like an RV type aircraft, an RV6, RV8, with an O320, O360. It's a 68 inch diameter, ground adjustable composite propeller. Um, the blades are made out of carbon fiber and fiberglass. 
The hub is an aluminum clamshell hub that's machined out of aluminum billet. And the entire propeller is made here in Plant City, Florida. I was going to say, the Sensenek, one of the things I love about them, they're made here in the USA and kind of what I feel is a, a classic. Uh, they've continued that uh, tradition of being made here in the USA. Yes, they have. We have our facility in Lancaster, or Lidditz, Pennsylvania, actually, and, and uh, that ma manufactures metal propellers, and wood and composite are made here in Florida. Right here in Plant City, which is right near me over in Lakeland, and I love to, I pass by, I, I want to drop in. One thing I want to know is that maybe I could get one of those wooden propellers, because they, they make the coolest decorations, I tell you. <laughs> yes, they do. And we get calls all the time for people looking for that, and also... You know, I was cleaning out my grandfather's attic, and I found this old propeller upstairs. Can you give me information on it? Yeah, that's really cool. Well, have them call me. I'm looking for one for, for a decoration over my office. Uh, the propeller we're talking about here is not just for experimental, but I think you have propellers on light sport, too. Yes, we do. Um, some of those are back here in the back. So we make two-blade and three-blade propellers for the the most popular engine in light sport, Rotax, and then we also make them for some of the other engines, uh, Jabiru, UL Power, Viking. Mm -hmm. So we have propellers for all the uh, light sport engines. One of the most important things as an aircraft owner, of course, is customer service. We work with a mechanic, uh, but those mechanics work with people that are actually producing the propellers and replacing and uh, refinishing them. So as far as that's concerned, uh, how do you stand uh, out different than the other manufacturers of propellers? Well, we, uh, you know, we have a, uh, service centers throughout the U.S. that can work on our propellers, and then uh, we have customer service people at the shop that will answer any questions, um, any problems you have, we'll take care of them. I mean, we've been doing this for 87 years, so uh, we, we make sure we take care of our good customers that we love. Awesome. If you're coming to the Delan Sport Aviation Showcase, don't forget to come. It's an indoor booth. I think that helps today. Uh, it'll keep you out of the sun, or in our case, out of the rain. Uh, and it's at, they're really friendly. Of course, Tom Roll, the, the, uh, the, Raul, excuse me, it's been wonderful talking to you. But one of the things I want to know is what else is coming? Can you give us a little hint to the future? Well, we're working on things all the time, um, and we're hoping to have a big announcement at Oshkosh coming up in no 20. No, no big one today. We do have a few new propellers that uh, are in the testing phase. There's a three-blade for Lycoming like, 0320, 0360 short takeoff and landing. So it's still three-blade propeller, but it's much longer for the stole-type aircraft, and that will be coming out very soon. So if someone's looking to convert to Sensenic propellers, uh, price point-wise, where are we? Where do you stand within? Well, anywhere from a two-blade light sport prop will run around $1,900 up to these big Lycoming props are in the $3,500 range. Okay, that's pretty reasonable. And, uh, and obviously having service centers around the country and a company that backs that up is great. Uh, Don, is there anything else you want to tell the, the listeners or actually the, the viewers right now as far as Sensenic's concern in the light sport area? No, we just appreciate everyone's business and uh, l love the aviation community. Yeah, that's one thing that I love about this here in the Deland Sport Aviation Showcase is there's a lot of vendors here that we all love aviation, and they're all very friendly, just like Don. And you can just go walk up and ask them. Ask them about the history of, of the actual Sensenic propeller. They will want to talk to you. It's uh, we're, As far as 
the propellers are concerned, so they're on the internet right now. Where can they find you in Sensenic? Yep, www.sensenic.com. That's an easy one, sensenic.com. And do you have a phone number you want to share with us all? Sure, 813-752-3711. Sensenic.com is an easy way to, to find, and Don Raul will love to talk to you again at all the other shows. Uh, stop by the shop, say hi, hopefully you'll be there. Uh, I can't wait to go take a, a tour of the shop someday, look at some of the wood props, and I, I love looking at the history. Being in the area, a lot of times we do get to see some of those historic propellers, uh, one of the things I love about aviation. Right here at the Deland Sport Aviation Showcase 2019, Carl Valeri here reporting in the Sensenic Propeller booth. Don't forget, you can stream us live right here on the Facebook page, but also you can go out to the YouTube and look at the YouTube downloads. So if you're wanting to download this later, you're interested in this and what Don has said or what we've said here at the showcase, don't forget you can download it there. Hats off to Elizabeth Daniels for doing all of our showcase live, all of the social media, also Mike Daniels. Behind the camera, Tom Frick, and, of course, Roy Brewer, and Dave Schalbetter. I'm here reporting Carl Vlary, 2019 DeLand Sport Aviation Showcase. The After Landing Checklist. Folks, I hope you enjoyed those interviews. I had a, a blast uh, bringing them to you. And then, uh, before we go today, I hope one of these has inspired you to get out there and fly, maybe take on a new project of building an aircraft. Uh, like, this is a great community here in aviation. And, Tom, hopefully uh, you'll be back uh, next year to do this? Yeah, that's my plan. I'd like to come back. And, you know, like Michael Sullivan, I've forgotten all about the workshops. And, and that, too, you know, being able to find out how all this is done and having that opportunity is something I highly recommend. Yeah, and also for those that, that haven't heard Michael do his uh – his showcase live or any of his other air show announcing. We're going to try to get a few uh, clips maybe in some uh, future episodes to to show you what it's actually like, and maybe we'll talk a little bit about that later in another episode. But, Michael, I think I think I hear airplane noise. It's probably back to uh, work for you. Yeah, we got to get back to work here. We have some aircraft here on the field here, a lot of takeoffs and landings going on, and people on the snow fence that have come here to spend their hard-earned money to come and take vacations to come and watch this aircraft fly, and we really want to tell tell them what was flying what is flying and what aircraft engine is currently flying in the aircraft a lot of different engines here on our field this year at the at the deland sport aviation showcase well we got to get back to work i hope you've enjoyed this episode we're going to have more episodes like this we're at live from the air show and air show center uh with michael mcclellan tom frick and also we have roy brewer on on the campus a shout out though to dave shalbetter and mike daniels for helping put this showcase live together and also especially elizabeth daniels for everything she's doing online uh just promoting the event and and the one most important person here is jana phillip Without her, this could not have happened. I hope this has inspired you to get out there and get out and fly, maybe look into an aircraft, or just, you know, get out and talk aviation. But I hope that being at these type of events uh, and being able to listen to that, if you can't make it to these events, that this will inspire you to get into aviation again or to continue on with your aviation journey. Well, this is Carl Blair with the Stuck Mike Avcast. Safe flying. We'll talk to you next episode. You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Abcast. Members of the Stuck Mike Abcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products, or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Avcast is an aviation podcast and a Valeri Aviation Corporation production. Thank you.